Our reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 5, and it's a short reading following the theme of the sharing the light. It's Matthew 5, I'm reading from verse 13. Matthew 5, I'm reading from verse 13. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Well, this morning we are thinking about uh, the work of BMS and uh, we're taking that theme about uh, sharing the light and uh, we want to support the work of BMS in sharing the light of Christ in some of the darkest corners of the world and we've seen in the in the video uh, how they're going about it. I don't know about you, but, you know, sometimes we, we, we watch videos like that and we, we hear, you know, one guy says, oh, I've planted 50 churches and a woman says, oh, I've planted 25 churches. And uh, I don't know about you, but you just think, wow, you know, how many churches have I planted? Uh, how many churches have we planted? And, uh, you know, there's some amazing things happening uh, around the world, uh, which we should give thanks to God for. Uh, but there's also a challenge in there, isn't there, for us, you know, uh, these people. I mean, that woman said, you know, all she's got is Jesus. Uh, it's Costa, uh, you know, a, a husband beater of uh, a village, uh, disowned her. She wasn't even allowed to use the well. There is a cost for many people around the world in following Jesus, which again should challenge us. You know, in many senses, you know, we live on easy street, don't we? And uh, this morning there is uh, something of a challenge to us in this theme of, of being a light in the world that we live in. And so let's, uh, let's have a look at, uh, at this thing. And reminded, you know, Benjamin Francis, who, was, uh, who we saw on the video, you know, said millions have yet to even hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Millions. And that's not just about people in India. That includes people in Rosendale. It includes people in Manchester, in Burnley, and uh, you know, throughout our country, there's people that you probably work with or live next to uh, that have never really heard the gospel presented. So there's a challenge there for us as we think about sharing the light of Christ. And uh, we saw that, you know, in in very simple ways in in the video, how they're just going from village to village, uh, sharing that light and that love of Christ. Uh, by sharing the compassion and kindness. And uh, we need to be uh, mirroring that in our lives. We are thinking about light and it's an opportunity for me to uh, tell a few light bulb jokes. So bear with me, bear with me. Okay, how many Amish does it take to change a light bulb? What's a light bulb? How many Baptists does it cha- take to change a light bulb? Change? Who said anything about change? How many Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? None, they use candles. How many charismatics does it take to change a light bulb? 
10. Want to change the light bulb and 9 to pray against the spirit of darkness. How many tele-evangelists does it take to change a light bulb? One, but if you want the message of light to continue, you need to send your donation today. Well, we do want to be uh, a light bulb in our area. And we're thinking this morning about sharing the light. And the first thing that I want to say from this passage this morning about sharing the light is, uh, did you notice uh, that this light is personal? That this light is personal. That Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That means me. And it also means you. Jesus gets personal. And he says that that we are to be the light of the world. And uh, as I was thinking about that, I, you know, I think sometimes we say, don't we, when somebody walks into a room that they light up the room. I don't know if anybody's ever said that about you. Uh, but what we normally mean by that is that there's something about their personality. They bring something with them that's like a light. And there's a sense which as followers of Jesus, that Jesus says, this is what we should be like. You are the light of the world. When you walk into a room, you should lighten up that room because of the light that you have within you. So if you don't take anything else from this morning, remember that Jesus said in a very personal way that you are a light. And we do live in a dark world, don't we? Um, I noticed the guy said he didn't think India was a dark place. Very often, you know, I look at our world and it is a dark place. There's a lot of darkness uh, around us. And of course, one thing uh, that happens when a light, you know, when you turn the light on, uh, one of my children used to always say, you know, where, where does the darkness go? Where does it go? Because it just disappears, doesn't it? The moment you switch a light on, all the darkness disappears. It's almost like, you can imagine, you know, in, in the early days when they first invented light, people would have been, you know, amazed. They would have thought it was some great mag- magical trick, wouldn't they? When somebody produced an electric light and, and, and the light that it gives just eliminates all the darkness. As Christians, uh, we don't often talk about the kind of battles that we face against darkness, do we? Um, I feel like I, I face a battle every Sunday morning with my computer and sometimes I wonder whether darkness have any, has anything to do with it. Last night it was fine as I was doing my, my PowerPoint. This morning at church, could I get it to come on? It took me ages. And you think, you know, you, we laugh about it and smile about it, but you sometimes think, you know, we are in a battle and, and there is there is darkness and evil in this world and uh, sometimes we tend to ignore it. But remember, we're supposed to be lights. And the thing about lights is when you turn on the light, the darkness just disappears. And we need to be a people that bring light into the world that we live in. Every situation, wouldn't it be wonderful if every time you turned up at work, people said, you know, um, it's like somebody turning the lights on. There's something about this this person's personality uh, that is attractive. You know, uh, have, you, have you noticed that things are attracted to lights? You'll have noticed it if you've ever been camping and you, you switch the lights on and all these uh, insects are, are attracted. You know, light is attractive. It, it attracts people. If you're traveling, you know, in the darkness and very often you see a light and you aim for that light and you know uh, that you're ending the journey. We talk about there being a light at the end of a tunnel, uh, you know, 
uh, and we want to be light. And Jesus says, you are light. And, uh, and so we need to remember that, that each one of us is a light. And wherever you're going this week, uh, you take with you the light of Jesus. And, you can, and it can make a difference. We heard amazing stories how, how those people's lives had been changed. Uh, amazing things, things that we wish uh, that we saw in this country. And there's a sense sometimes we've made be England is a darker place than, than India. Because we don't seem to see things like that, do we? And uh, we want to see the light of Christ uh, at work. So that's the first thing. Light is personal. You know, we take the, the light with us. Uh, the psalmist, you know, says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. We take that light of Jesus, the light of his word. And uh, light, of course, uh, we talk about people being enlightened, don't we? Uh, we illuminate the truth. We bring with us the truth of Jesus and his word. So, light is personal, and you and me, we are the light of the world. Secondly, I want to say that this light is powerful. And the reason why it's powerful is the source of this light is Jesus. We're more used to to thinking about Jesus as being the light of the world. And Jesus says, I've come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus brings the light that conquers the darkness. And it's a powerful light. Uh, Darkness, as we've already said, disappears when the light is switched on. And Jesus is much more powerful than any sort of darkness. And we need to remember that. That the light that we have is powerful. Not because of us, but because of the source of that light who is Jesus. The creator, sustainer redeemer of the world that we live in the first thing that that we read in the bible the first thing that god created he said let there be lights and it was like somebody switching the lights on and there was lights and uh, there's a sense in which we need to be uh, reminding ourselves of the power that is available to us through jesus christ the light of the world it's not about us it's about jesus who is the light of the world Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We are given the light of life. When we accept Jesus into our lives, we're given that light of life. And uh, But we're not meant to keep it for ourselves. Harvest time is a time when we think about sharing what we have. And very often we think of that in terms of resources. You know, we're giving food and tins and, and monetary gifts to BMS. But it's also a time when we think about, uh, you know, the harvest that is out there in terms of people. And uh, we are called and instructed. And Jesus makes it so clear that he expects us to share not only what we have physically, uh, but also what we have spiritually with other people. We're meant to share. We're not meant to keep it to ourselves. The light that Jesus Christ gives us is meant to be shared. And it's a powerful light. And sometimes, you know, we we forget how powerful uh, the light of Jesus is. Jesus did change and transform my life. My life was completely different once I accepted Jesus. It took a completely different direction. And, uh, you know, there's people that we know uh, that need that light because they're living in darkness. 
uh, they might not realise it. The thing about being living in darkness is you can't see very clearly. You know, uh, if we were to turn the lights on, lights off now, you know, you'd, some of you'd be struggling to, to to read the words in in in, in your Bible. If, if you've driven along in, on, a, on a motorway and uh, you know the lights aren't on, and suddenly you come to an area where it's lit up, suddenly you feel it's a lot easier to drive, isn't it? It's a lot it's a lot easier because of the light that that is given, and uh, you know, having Jesus in your life lightens things up. It makes you more appreciative of the world that we live in. It makes you more aware. Of some of the suffering and some of the darkness in our world. Because we recognise the light of Jesus Christ. So this light is powerful. And uh, you know we need to uh, tap into that power. Probably more than we do. And of course this light is, is projected. The light is, is given so that it can be projected. So that other people can see. And uh, again in that passage it says. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Why? Because it stands out. It stands out on a hill. Uh, people can see it. I came across this little story about a, a police cadet uh, who was being given a, a test to determine uh, whether they were uh, suitable and able. And this was the, 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 the test. And the question went like this. You're walking down a village street and you hear uh, a horn blowing. You turn around and you see a lorry laden with petrol charging down the hill out of control. At the crossroad, it, co- it collides with a milk float and an almighty explosion takes place. The driver of the milk float is hurled through the plate glass over the wall whilst the driver of the petrol tanker is trapped in his cab. You're about to radio for help when you hear a cry. You rush across the road, picking your way through the broken glass and flaming tarmac and there's a man from the milk float drowning now in the canal. He can't swim. You're just about to radio for help when you hear another cry. It's a lady about to give birth to her child. The explosion has brought on the birth, but she's trapped in her home. The door's stuck and she has no phone. She's in immediate need of medical attention. You're just about to radio for help when you hear another noise and you look behind and there's a group of men totally drunk and staggering across the road. Write down the first two things that you would do. And apparently one cadet wrote, the first thing I would do was remove my uniform. The second thing I would do was mingle with the crowd. There's a sense as, there is a sense in which as Christians, sometimes that, well, that's what we do, isn't it? We mingle with the crowd and we don't stand out. From an early age, we're kind of, it's, it's kind of taught to us, isn't it? We don't want to stand out. We want to dress like everybody else. We want to look like everybody else. We want to fit in. We don't want to stand out. As Christians, we are actually called to stand out. To stand out from the crowd, just like uh, a city on a hill stands out. People can see it. They can see it for miles. They know what it is. They can see what it is. And as Christians, we are called to stand out. We're not called to mingle in the crowd and be and, and people to be unaware of who or what we believe in. And so this light is to be projected wherever we go. We are called to stand out for Christ. And maybe if we do we would find out that there is a cost to following Jesus. Because some people would not like it. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is, you can talk about anything. You can talk about football, you can talk about sex, you can talk about films. But as soon as you start talking about Jesus, people, there is a reaction. And very often it it, it can be a negative reaction. I used to go out in my younger days and and we used to do street theatre in the town centre. 
And uh, we would draw a great crowd. We'd do drama and there'd be music. But as soon as somebody started to preach about Jesus, you could almost see the crowd dispersing before your eyes because for, for some reason people react to the name of Jesus. And it's not always a good reaction. And uh, if we stand for Jesus, there is a chance uh, that we will also experience, you know, a reaction like that. And it might be a negative one, but that shouldn't stop us. Um, yesterday we did our Deacons Away Day and uh, we were looking at our mission statements and we were kind of uh, evaluating the, the, the kind of five things in our mission statement, you know, uh, worship, fellowship, discipleship, uh, ministry and evangelism. And we all agreed uh, that the area that we most need to work on is the, is the area of evangelism, uh, that we're not doing as well as we could do in the area of evangelism. And there's something about, there's something about our, our situation, our nation that, that stops us, isn't there? Feeling that we can stand up for Jesus. Uh, maybe that's fear. Maybe it's from bad experiences, but we don't tend to want to stand out or stand up for Jesus. And Jesus says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And, uh, and neither should we. Neither should we. We should stand out. This light is projected. He also says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. You wouldn't light a a lamp and then cover it up. It would be silly. It would be uh, ridiculous. Uh, The whole point of, uh, of this BMS World Mission thing is about sharing that light. It's a challenge for us to share the light. Uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his studies on the Sermon on the Mount, he says this is obviously a danger, or at least a temptation, that the Christian may behave in this completely ridiculous and futile manner. And that is why he emphasises the matter this way. He seems to be saying, I've made you something that is meant to be like a light, like a city on a hill, which cannot be hid. Are you deliberately concealing it? Well, if you are, apart from anything else, it's something which is completely ridiculous and foolish. Nobody lights a light and then covers it up. And, uh, and neither should we cover up the light that is in us. Uh, it's, meant, it's meant to be shared. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And the light which is in us should not be hidden. And we know, we all know there's times when we do that. We all know there's times when uh, we haven't spoken and it isn't a case of, you know, uh, you know, I can remember as a, again as a young Christian, I used to be almost, I was so eager to share it. I was looking for that opportunity. Uh, how can I get Jesus into this conversation? You know, and, uh, you know, someone would, you know, you, 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 someone would say to you, what do you do at the weekend? And you say, oh, I went to the cinema, uh, but I also went to church. And they say, oh, what film did you went to see? Uh, was it a good film? Yeah, it was a good film, but it wasn't as great as Jesus. Uh, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we need to share Jesus in, in, in a way that is, uh, is not going to put people off. Because sometimes it can actually be off-putting. Uh, you know, some people that are enthusiastic about Jesus, which is great, uh, don't always make the greatest evangelist. Because if the person wants to know about this, what he did at the cinema and doesn't ask you anything about church, they're obviously not that interested. And if you just go on about church, uh, they'll just think, I'm not going to talk to that guy again. Uh, don't get stuck with that guy. So we need to we, we need to find ways of making it a lot more natural. It shouldn't be forced. It should be just part of who we are. This light that is in us, it should be natural. So that we shouldn't be thinking, how can I get Jesus into this conversation? It should just naturally come out in, in what we say. 
So we do mention, if somebody says what you've done at weekend, we do mention the fact that we went to the cinema, we went to the park, and we went to the church. And if people ask us, uh, then, we, then, we, then we tell them more. Uh, it's a lot easier for me, because if I meet somebody and, 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 and they say to me, you know, what do you do? And I say I'm a Baptist minister. More often than not, the following question is, well, how did you become a Baptist minister? Or why did you become a Baptist minister? And without realising it, they're actually asking and giving me permission to say something of my testimony. But I wouldn't force that upon them unless they asked. If, if they ask a question, I'll answer it. I'll share stuff, but I won't force it on people. I'll, I'll wait for that invitation. But the invitation comes if it's just natural, uh, a part of our life. So we need to naturally you know, find ways of talking about our faith uh, that will actually draw people in rather than put people off. Uh, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house because we want people to have this light that we've got. Uh, if we don't think we've got something that's worth sharing, then we're not going to share it. Uh, this light is projected. Leon Morris in the Gospel According to Matthew says, This homely illustration brings out the important function of discipleship. The very purpose of being a follower of Jesus is to give light. Giving light is not an option, so to speak which the disciple may or may not choose. It's part of being a disciple. Just as much as part of discipleship as giving light is of a lamp. Jesus has chosen his own so that they may give light. It is the nature of light to shine. And when people have received the light of the gospel, they will shine in a dark world. You know, we sang the song. Some of you have been singing it for donkey's years. You know, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. And there's a sense in which we just need to let it shine. Not force it to shine, but just allow it to shine as we go about our daily lives. So light is projected. And then finally, uh, this light is productive. This light is productive. It it produces something. Uh, When we share this light, Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We want people to see this light and we want the, the result of that is for them to be praising God. Uh, we don't want people to think, oh, aren't we great people? We want to think people, gosh, those people have got a great God who makes a difference in their lives. We want people to see uh, that we are about good deeds. We're not, we're, not, we're not ashamed of the fact that we want to do things to help people. We want to, to help people in, the, in our local community. We want to support people in our local community. We want to pray for people. We want to do good deeds, but we want people to see the reason behind why we do these things. We want Jesus and God to get all the glory for what is done. So let your light shine. Let your light shine. This week, as, as, as you're going about... Uh, just allow your light to shine and uh, try to do good things. Not so that people will think you're great, but that so people will think that your God is great. Edgar Guest uh, wrote this poem called The Living Sermon. And it goes like this, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one would walk with me than merely tell the way. The eyes are better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but example is always clear. The best of all preachers are the men who live their creeds, for to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I soon can learn to do it if you'll let me see it done. 
I can watch your hands in action. Your tongue too fast may run. The lectures you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do. For I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and live. This week you can be a living sermon in your neighbourhood. You can be a living sermon in your place of work. You can be a living sermon wherever you go because people will watch you if they know that you're a Christian and you can be a living example of what it means to have that light of life living inside you. So, this light is personal. You are the light of the world. You carry that light wherever you go. This light is powerful because the light that we have comes from Jesus, who is the light of the world, who created light, who said, let there be light, and there was. This light is projected. We're meant to share it. We're meant to allow other people to also be able to see what we have seen. And this light is productive because it will produce uh, light in other people.